Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Nancy Paris, a woman with a passion for dance, ballet in particular, in her career. And Nancy has a great story of how her career has gone through variations on a theme of dance. Now as a new author of The Adventures of Lily Nilly. Nancy Paris, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Uh, Thanks. It's wonderful to be talking to you. And it's wonderful to be talking about you and this amazing life that you have created and continue to create in what um, you're now at a stage of uh, writing these children's books, the first of which I hold in my hands, The Adventures of Lily Nilly, pardon my French, it's the language of ballet, which then touches into a previous career. Actually, I think it's probably an ongoing career that's related to dance. Is that right? Uh, yes. I mean, I retired from performing. I was a performer and a teacher for many, many years. And I retired about eight years ago, but I'm still, you know, a dancer at heart. You, It's part of who I am and... Um, it's something that I cherish. So that one thing that's really wonderful about that, saying the word cherish, you obviously uh, landed in the field of what was important to you and able to live it out. I mean, what could be better in life than realizing those kinds of dreams? It's true. You know what they say, if you do what you love, you don't, it doesn't feel like you're working. And for many years, that was the case. Dance is a very hard profession, but it's also a very playful profession. And there's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of camaraderie amongst your fellow dancers. It's there's for me there was a lot of traveling which was exciting so yeah it's what i wanted to do ever since i was 4 years old and i i guess i never grew out of it and i i just think what could be more perfect than that when you have that dream as a child and it it's really so deeply rooted and you're able to see it realized uh, that is just the most wonderful gift i think yeah it is it is. I, I would never. There was one period of my life where I questioned if I really wanted to be a dancer because I. It started dawning, dawning on me um, that it was a difficult, you know, lifestyle. And I did stop for about a year, and it was probably the best thing I ever did because after that year, I never turned back. I went mm-hmm. right back to dancing and was so happy that I had chosen that as my profession. I love dance, watching it. I I marvel at the movement and just, you know, the elegance and, you know, and either singularly, so that's one thing, but doing it in terms of... um, uh, what the the group? I don't even know what the correct correct term is for that. But when you you do the performance on stage, just watching all of that synchronized. I mean, it's so it's so exhilarating. Yeah, and and for the performers as well, you you're in a company. You get to know these people intimately. You work six to eight hours a day. I was working. It's it's certain points uh, six days a week 
and then getting out on stage and it's it's a, an indescribable feeling the the love that you have for your fellow dancers and the love you have for the audience especially if they're an appreciative audience it just it's a it's one thing feeds on the other it's really magical it, and yes, so I th- that feeding back and forth is certainly uh, a key part of it. And so those of us who don't have that talent but are able to watch it, it fulfills something within us. I think there's something about being able to vicariously live mm-hmm. through the dancer's movement uh, that everybody can tap into. That's why I love some of the dance shows that are on TV that take people that are not dancers and they put them in this world big time. <laughs> and uh, the transformation that these people go through, it's as, as a dancer, it reminds you of why you wanted to dance in the first place. It's really wonderful. Oh, that's so great. So you do indulge in that. You watch some or many of the dance shows? I watch some of them, not all of them. I've had friends performing on some of them, which is always, you know, fun to see. And uh, I like to see what's going on because dance is evolving so quickly. Um, It's interesting to see how the training has evolved. It's just like in the Olympics where people are performing uh, skills that they never would have dreamed of doing 20 years ago. And it's become almost routine. And the same thing in, in dance. The training is just phenomenal now. So you have these wonderful dancers who are so expressive, but they also have another layer of technique that is unheard, that was unheard of years ago. And you yourself, so we're go- we are here to talk about the book, but I, I was also looking at the at the website and looking at at, uh, your resume, so to speak, and seeing that you've continued in dance being a choreographer and Mm -hmm. so developing all these shows, um, both in New York City, but also shows in Atlantic City and Las Vegas. So you, you get to see this too and incorporate it. Yeah, yeah, and it and it expands you as a dancer because in those type of shows, it's not really up to you what you want to create. It's what the program needs, and so I ended up doing different styles of dance that I never really ever thought I'd be um, doing choreographing, and it it's just you know very expanding. So. Uh- that is all so exciting and and you know just looking at it kind of from the outside at the perspective of of a career that how it keeps evolving that it's not just this one niche that mm-hmm. you find different elements of it so that you're choreographing you're creating other stories and and now you are also an author and you're creating this series of children's books so the first one with Lily Nilly is certainly quite entertaining, and she is quite a character. Is that based upon yourself by any chance? It, it is. <laughs> but she is, the ch- whereas Lily Nilly is very outspoken and questioning, I had those questions too, 
but I was too shy as a child to ask. So I just kind of went along with what I was supposed to do, whereas Lily wants, she'll do it, but she wants to know why she's doing it. <laughs> I Isn't that, that is so wonderful to be able to then put yourself back into your childlike self or your child self and ask these questions and explore that. And you're free to do so with, you know, no repercussions. Yeah, as I, as I have Lily say, I'm six. If yeah. there's something I say that makes no sense, it's because I'm six. Yeah. Isn't it great to have that fallback? Can we use that now, I wonder? Not yeah. quite. <laughs> so it, it, was this also an idea that was in your mind to write at some point? Or how, how did that come up, uh, about for you, Nancy? Well, it's funny because when I was teaching children, and this is going back, you know, at least 15 or 20 years, the kids were so adorable, especially the little ones, the the pre-ballet set. They would say the funniest things to me, and I would go home and write it down, and I thought somewhere, somehow, I'm going to use this material because it's priceless. But I was too busy with my career, and I was running a dance company, and I kind of put that whole idea of writing on the back burner. Once I retired and this whole creative side of me just kind of left, um, I was still involved in the dance world, but more producing rather than actually you know, performing or doing a lot of choreography. And there was really a hole in my soul where I, uh, and I couldn't fill it in any way. And I, once the pandemic hit, I was stuck in a one-bedroom New York City apartment with no balcony, no access to the outside other than going, actually going out. And there was a time when it was very scary here in the city and I just, didn't want to go out. You know, we didn't really know what was happening. So there I was in my room, and I had nothing really to do, and um, I started toying with, well, well, I can sit at a desk. I can write, um, so let me do that. And I had all these lofty ideas about these subjects that interest me, but I really have no knowledge or expertise in And then I remembered that old quote, you know, write what you know. And I thought, well, I know about dance. And I know about, you know, being a a young dance student. And I thought, well, you know, let me give it a a shot. And I just, I sat down and I just kept writing and writing and writing. And all these memories came back and funny things that the kids had said or funny situations that... I had been in myself, and it just all kind of seemed to make sense. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then the pictures, because I had a friend who was kind of coaching me through this, and she said, "Well, you need to uh, do some illustrations." And I said, "I can't draw." So she said, "Do it." So the first set of illustrations I did were a bunch of stick figures <laughs> in clothes, and she kept saying, "You can do better than this." So I just kept drawing and drawing and thinking, well, I'm going to get an illustrator, but I want to let the illustrator know the images that are in my mind so they have a jumping off point. And I would show the pictures to friends and they'd say, 
this looks like a six-year-old did it. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> Use them. So when I finally got a book designer, she said the same thing. She, she called it primitive art. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, um, yeah, so I just started drawing and then, you know, drawing and redrawing and, you know, my proportions were all wrong. But I kind of, over the course of these months that I worked on it, taught myself to draw so I'm doing a second book now and I'm looking at the illustration and I'm thinking this doesn't look so much like a six-year-old and I said well but now she's seven so it's okay (laughs) well and that piece of it too that during this pandemic closed up in your one-bedroom apartment you teach yourself drawing not that that was necessarily the original goal but it evolved and there's just this whole beautiful theme about your life that I feel all of us need to observe and realize we can do it too that there's this evolution that goes on and you know just let it kind of roll forward and look what we can become and look what we can create absolutely you know that's one thing none of us are one trick ponies None of us do one thing, and that's it. There, we have so many different undiscovered talents and, and, and loves, and all we need to do is give ourselves a chance to explore. You know, if there's one thing that interests you, you know, look into it, and maybe it'll spark something. I think it's true of, of everyone. And I, I was just lucky enough to be in a New York City apartment during a pandemic <laughs> where it, it just kind of had to happen. So Right. And, and look at this wonderful thing that has happened, this fun book about a six-year-old dancer. Any of us could just kind of think about what that might be within us. But for you, there's this book. And, and, and then the illustrations. You could have said, no, no, I definitely am not an artist. Look at these stick figures. I can't do it. But mm-hmm. to have, to trust your friend who encouraged you, you can do it. And to act on it, that it's just, um, um, that's so wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so important to have somebody there, too, because you can get into your own private <laughs> in a whirlpool of thoughts and what you can't do and what you're not capable of doing. And it's so good to have somebody who is supportive, who keeps pushing you beyond uh, what you think you're capable of doing. So in this book, it's it's delightful, you know, to pick up on the language and the the questions that that children have, which makes so much sense because they're so innocently looking at this and and asking, uh, you know, about about the the steps and why you call um, what is it moving your arms and the yeah, play on words, and, right? Yeah. Yes. So so that is something we encounter. In the book, it's, it's questioning that and, and kind of chuckling, as we know children would. So did you find yourself getting into that the kind of childhood place? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's like I would sit here and write and just giggle, <laughs> you know, because it's, that's, I think, what you, I needed to do anyway, is I needed to think, oh, you know, put myself back in that situation. 
I have very clear memories about certain incidents that happened when I was very young. And um, my mom would say, oh, you don't remember that. You just heard us talking about that. And I'm thinking, no, I remember that. So, you know, just putting myself back there and thinking, what would I think or what would I have been thinking when this was all going on and, and reacting to? So, yeah, I mean, some of the things were based, you know, I drew on, from other children that I was teaching and some of their questions. But, um, yeah, it, there was a certain amount of uh, time travel <laughs> in my mind that I had to do. And was that fun to do? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's still a big part of me. That's the one thing that um, I've always kept with me is that I have a very childlike um, take on the world sometimes. And sometimes it's a little too, you know, idealistic, but I would rather it be that way than, than the other way, than the opposite. So yes, it was a good exercise. We do need to have those of us who will keep the positive, hopeful part of that energy up there. Otherwise, uh, we're in re more serious trouble than we are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's great to have that escape. And I think then I, I did not have dance classes. I had music classes when I was a kid, but I did not have dance. But I think it's very natural. My niece did. Some of my cousins did. So I, I went to these ballet recitals. And I mean, it's so darling. I think there is this adult audience as well as children who are going to love this book because it's going to bring back memories just like you had in writing it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, that you needed to be in a dance studio to understand it. I mean, there are some characters there that we've all experienced as kids, you know, the kids who call you names, um, just, you know, the kids who um, do crazy things like, you know, see a bar and hang upside down on it because they think it's just a bar, you know. Uh, I saw somebody commented on um, one of my Facebook posts and said, hanging upside down on the bar. And the bar is the wooden bar that's in all dance studios that you hold on to when you are first warming up. She'd say, you know, I would never allow that in my dance class. And I said, well, no teacher really allows it, but you turn your back for two seconds and boom, there it is. There's a kid hanging upside down. You know, so they, they see and they, they make a conclusion and it's not necessarily the correct conclusion for the situation that they're in, but it is a conclusion. Right. So if it's a bar, you hang upside down. Yes, especially if they've been out in the playground or they even have it in their own backyard, yeah. <laughs> they might be doing that. So, and, and that's the delight of it is to realize these kinds of interpretations and really no one better than a child to see things so innocently and, and get us to really kind of wake up and say, oh, yes, you know, I, I could see how that can be. And, and uh, innocent, but also literal. Yes. <laughs> Kids are really literal. 
So you say something and they don't understand that it's, you know, an express, like carpool, for example. Yes. Thinking that Lily thinks that because she's going to go in a carpool, she probably should wear a bathing suit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, those sorts of things that we understand the meaning, but a child, yes, taking it so literally is, is mm-hmm. just so delightful. And language, of course, there are the French words that are interspersed, which which is fun. But I didn't realize that Irish was actually a language, too. <laughs> well, then Lily's mind it is. <laughs> My mom was Irish. <laughs> so there's that authenticity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so it's so delightful. You know, this... I, I, it had me chuckling and laughing that it was just so uplifting in that way. So, and for children, they they will relate and say, "Oh yes, absolutely." Uh, you know, they can identify that they've they're in that place or they've been in that place. So, I think there's just uh, you know so much fun experience here um, of just learning and enjoying. It's funny uh, because when I before I published, I was uh, I wanted to test market it, so I sent the manuscript to friends, children, and grandchildren. And one little girl, she sent me back the manuscript um, with her own notes marked, <laughs> and she would circle something and say, "So true." <laughs> so true. Oh my goodness, <laughs> she must be quite a handful, I would think. <laughs> And then another piece of this book is, we'll call it the last chapter, the last section, uh, looking back where there are these lessons learned, which is really wonderful um, to kind of capture different aspects of the book. We might kind of touch upon it as we're reading through, but then it's great for children to kind of go through these things and say, oh, yeah, you know, this is what we what we'll do. We won't be, you know, mean to anyone because they could end up being our best friend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, I always admired things that were in the media, movies, where there was uh, a fantasy story, but underneath that there was uh, a lot of learning, um, morals to the story or ways of being. And I wanted to incorporate that aspect into just the entertainment factor of a, a funny little girl in a in a ballet class that there were really some life lessons there that I've come to learn as an adult and uh, you know that thing where they say what would you say to your younger self mm, yes it's kind of like that you know right yes this is really such a wonderful, and I feel a must-have book. It's a great gift either to some children or for oneself because it's just, I know, I just have thoroughly enjoyed reading it. I'm looking forward to the next one, and I know that it's in process, right? It is. It's called um, Seven Summer Situations That Were Not My Fault. (laughs) And it's um, Lily Nilly in her, her summer between first grade and second grade. Oh, so. my. That sounds <laughs> like that can be a lot of important adventures. So there is a website. Trouble. <laughs> yeah, there is a website. <laughs> uh, and that is? 
It's um, lilynilly.com, and Lily and Nilly both have two L's in them. So there's that. You mentioned or alluded to Facebook, so you are also found on Facebook, and yes. you can find out more. Yep. It's, um, I forget the face, it's, um, pardon it at- my French. Yeah. <laughs> pardon you. Okay. And then uh, I guess this is Twitter, at Adventures of Lily Nilly. Um, no, that no. is actually the Facebook, at adventures.lily.nilly.com, something like that is is the Facebook. Okay. And I think we can connect to that through uh, lilynilly.com as well. That's an easy transition, right? Yeah, there are links on the website, yeah. Right. Along with so much other uh, important information about you, about the book. And then um, just thinking about you and, and how I think you just really epitomize for us what is possible for us, you know, to keep reinventing ourselves. And still, it's just uh, very like variations on a theme in music. I guess there's variations in dance, but mm-hmm. variations on a theme in life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so much more that all of us are capable of doing if we just give ourselves the permission to do it. And you mentioned early on, Nancy, how dance is a hard life. And I think sometimes we hear some stories about dancers and, you know, just what what it does physically, the endurance, what it does to your feet. Is there some serious injury that goes on eventually? Um, yeah, I mean, I've had, um, and there are, you know, younger people who have had hip knee replacements. Um, there, it, it, it's such, especially ballet, it's so unnatural. The turnout, the extension, uh, you are constantly asking your body to go above and beyond what it feels comfortable <laughs> doing. And over time, you do that long enough, over time, uh, that starts to, um, uh, those injuries start to accumulate. And I've had dancer friends who have had to stop their careers before they were ready to because they had an injury that was just uh, too difficult to work with. Oh, that's rather gut-wrenching. I hope you didn't suffer serious injuries. Um, I actually did, but I just kept going. (laughs) So I had no problem. I was an advanced dancer. I was already professional. I would have a really bad injury, but in order to keep moving, I would put myself into the beginner classes where the demands were not as difficult, but it was still keeping me going. And eventually things all, you know, healed. Well, thank goodness for that. And then you knew it was time to transition to these other phases of your dance life. Yeah, there comes a point where, you know, you just, you're standing next to a 20-year-old dancer and it's like, there's no way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there are things. I think I heard that recently in terms of of the Olympics and skaters and things that the pre-teenagers can do that, you know, after 16, it's not really quite feasible. So it's probably very similar in that way. Yeah, your performing life as a dancer is very short. 
compared to some of the other arts, you know, well, certainly fine arts, you can paint or, you know, well into your um, golden years, but not so with dance. There just is a point where the body can't do what it needs to do. But then there are other dancers who adjust, you know, who learn different ways of movement that are within their capabilities and are wonderful, beautiful artists and deserve to be on a stage. Mm. So I danced well beyond what most people, the age most people retire at. I mean, I started a second career in dance in my early 50s. So that's when a lot of uh, dancers are turning to other professions or retiring. So I had a good run, and I loved almost every minute of it. (laughs) But I'm, I'm happy that I found this other outlet. And I was thinking just the other day, I used to kind of re- when I had a really great performance I would relive in my mind everything that you know was wonderful that I you know enjoyed and and I start doing that with the writing I go back and start thinking about some of the things I wrote and thought that's pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> that I really liked doing that and you know so it it was a similar type of of um enjoyment Well, that is wonderful. You're such an inspiration. I just appreciate so much how you've approached your life and just really, you know, kind of took it in hand, savored it, and just keep experiencing forward. It's just delightful. Oh, thank you. I say always look forward, never look back. (laughs) Another great lesson for all of us. Well, Nancy Paris, I am so pleased, happy that we've had this opportunity to talk about Lily Nilly, which was the inspiration of this, but about you, your life, and and the lessons within that each of us can benefit from. So thank you for doing the work that you're doing and, and for taking time with us today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Absolutely. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Nancy Paris and Sunday Morning Magazine with Dr. Carlin Wolsey. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of good motion to build good health. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.